Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we concluded our study of Shanti Feldon's book, The Surprising Secrets of Highly Happy Marriages. I want to take the next few broadcasts and look at the topic of stuck marriages. I'll be drawing heavily on some of the thoughts of author and pastor Ted Cunningham. Stay with me as I lay the groundwork for being stuck in the daily grind. Solomon in Ecclesiastes 9.9 admonishes us to enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun, all your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. If I could see a show of hands, there are probably a lot of you who would characterize your marriages as stuck. Well, what are some of the more common causes of stuck marriages? Even though the issues vary, the root causes are amazingly the same. In-laws, jobs, homes, communication, ministry, leadership in the home, laziness, nagging, holidays, and unresolved anger are all issues that couples say are the source of the problem. For some, Money and the lack thereof is the cause. Others point to parenting styles and their inability to get on the same page with discipline strategies. And yet others blame a sexless bedroom. Pastor Ted says his counseling appointments follow a similar pattern. He starts by asking the wife, What brings you in today? Then the wife says something like, I can't give any more. I give and give, and he does nothing in return. I want to talk, he doesn't. I want to go somewhere special every now and then, he doesn't. I want our marriage to go somewhere, he doesn't. I'm done. I'm tired of being the only one who gives. I've got nothing left to give. Then he would ask the husband, What do you see as the problem in your marriage? Well, generally, men are uncomfortable with counseling. It has nothing to do with their marriage, but it has everything to do with an environment where we discuss feelings. He says, Well, I thought we were fine. I didn't realize there was a problem. I'm really hearing this for the first time. Well, of course he thought they were fine. He enjoyed taking what she gave. Every couple, whether they are in counseling or not, experiences the grind. When a marriage gets stuck in the grind, the vacuum of intimacy sucks each spouse dry. It is exhausting and draining. And because of the way most men handle stress, and I know I'm talking in generalities, that is, they withdraw from conflict and hard conversations, It is not uncommon for marital issues to go unresolved for months or longer. In conflict, there's the concept of the last 10%. In conflict, we generally share 90% of the problem with little blood, sweat, or tears. But the last 10% is the elephant in the room, the part that leaves the relationship at risk. When the relationship is at risk, 
couples are stuck. Sadly, many marriages end because one or both spouses blame issues and each other as the source of the problem. And according to Pastor Ted, there is a way out of the stuckness. There is a way to enjoy life and marriage at the same time. To get unstuck as a couple, you must change your fundamental beliefs about the grind and your marriage's place in it. In Ecclesiastes 1, Solomon uses word pictures from creation to explain life in the grind. There is a pattern to life, and every single person on planet Earth experiences it. Here's Ecclesiastes 1, verses 4 through 7. Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets, and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. Here we get the picture of a grinder. The earth was here and churning long before my mother conceived me. And just like you, I was born into the grind. The churning never stopped. It is as sure as the sun rising and the sun setting. It is as sure as rivers flowing into the sea. The grind gives us plenty of hard times and challenges throughout life. But keep in mind, God already knows about the grind. Let me remind you what Genesis 3, 17-19 says. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. God gave Adam work to do before sin entered the picture. However, grinding work became part of the equation as a result of Adam's disobedience. Romans 5.12 says, Just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people. The grind is the direct result of humanity's fall in the garden, and it'll last a lifetime. Age will not get you out of the grind. Even if you make it to 80 years of age, your life will be tough. It's a myth to think that the more years you get under your belt, the easier the grind will get. Money cannot buy your way out of it. Degrees cannot outsmart it. Age and maturity won't deliver you from pain and trials. Eventually, your body will find its way into the grind. So, you're in the grind all the way to the end and your only way out of the grind is death. Are you encouraged yet? Life is hard, and then you die. The bookends of Ecclesiastes tell us life is hard in chapter 1, and then in chapter 12, we die. But in the midst of the grind, God invites you to enjoy your life. 
Ecclesiastes 9, 7 and 8 says, Go eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white, and always anoint your head with oil. You and I have a responsibility in the daily grind. You and I are called to enjoy life. In the midst of the grind that is life, while you're still alive, go and do something. Live life and enjoy it. You need to find and hold on to those moments. We can do nothing to escape the grind. So in the meantime, choose joy. Choosing to enjoy life is a decision, so make that decision. And for goodness sake, stop treating your spouse as the grinder. She is not the grind. He is not the grind. The grind is the 70 to 80 years you have on this earth, and God blessed you with a spouse to go through the grind with you. You have a grind companion. Just like my wife and kids coming along on a trip to be my travel companions and enduring all the airport stress, you and your spouse get to work through life's challenges together. You can enjoy life with your spouse in the midst of the grind. Here, Ecclesiastes 9.9 Enjoy life with your wife whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun all your meaningless days. For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. You know, this is the only place in the Bible where it says, enjoy life with your wife. You and I do not need to choose between the two, and one does not trump the other. You can have both because marriage done right enhances life. Pastor Ted says, I love hearing guys tell me, I had all sorts of plans, dreams, and goals for the future, but then I got married. Or, my wife and I had all sorts of plans, dreams, and goals for the future, but then we had kids. Let me give you the Greek-Hebrew term for those statements. Hogwash. Your spouse was not brought into your life to kill your fun, play, dreams, and goals. And your kids were not brought into your life to be a killjoy either. The grind creates a vacuum of intimacy, laughter, and fun in marriage. To enjoy an unstuck marriage, you must make new decisions. Pastor Ted, when he meets with stuck couples, walks them through eight symptoms of a stuck marriage. He says that most couples drift into these symptoms. The trick is getting them to decide their way out. So let's begin to look at these eight symptoms and the decisions necessary to enjoy an unstuck marriage. Number one, when your marriage gets stuck in the grind, you blame your spouse as the source of the problem. My wife is not my source of life. Neither are my kids, job, money, home, or possessions. This is the first symptom of stuckness. Every married couple experiences this symptom at some point. It usually occurs in the early years when you're discovering who you each really are. When you look to your spouse as the source of life, you blame him or her as the source of all your problems. 
And when your spouse is the source of your problems, you automatically become dependent on him or her to create a solution. You are stuck, waiting on your spouse to make the first move. When your breakthrough hinges on your spouse's move, you start saying things like, if he would just do this, if she would just stop saying this, we would be well on our way. Blame ends almost immediately the moment you realize your spouse is not your source of life. Well, our time is gone for today. We'll continue next week looking at the eight symptoms and the decisions necessary to enjoy an unstuck marriage. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.